Hey y'all, thanks for tuning in to the Marissa Says Podcast, where we work to normalize learning while fostering healthy and sometimes difficult discussions. This week's episode starts right now. Hello, everyone. I hope you are all doing well. So we're going to get right into it. And this week's positive affirmation is like very heavy on the affirmation side because it is the following. Sometimes I'm just tired. I don't know about y'all, but I just wanted to sit with that for a second because that's the truth. I feel like we're at that point in the panera, panorama, pandemonium, photosynthesis. <laughs> We're at that point where it's like, okay, this is wild because it's still happening, but yet we're kind of back to normal. And also we're at that point in the year where it's just exhausting. The weather's changing, at least for like us here up north. And it's just... Mm -mm. sometimes I'm just tired and I'm going to meet myself where I'm at and so be it. If all I can do today is three things off of, I don't know, my to-do list, great. I'm so happy I was able to do at least three because I think just for myself especially, I'm in this place of like, I feel like I'm running on empty and it's just silly to keep pushing myself even harder if the fact is that I don't have anything else to give. So sometimes I'm just tired and we just have to chug along and I'm going to make sure that I'm drinking enough water. I'm going to make sure I'm getting enough rest. I'm making sure I'm listening to my body. Like if I need a break or if I need more breaks than I would usually, then that's where I'm at today. And that is fine. Now, for what's on repeat this week, honestly, I don't really think I've been listening to music. Um, I did like listen to like my podcasts, the ones that I usually use, uh, listen to, excuse me. And I did finish Money Heist. So there was um, a new, oh my goodness, I just assaulted my microphone. Hold on here. Yeah. So I did finish Money Heist and... It was good. I mean, interesting ending. I won't really give a, a an emotional reaction because in case anyone listening hasn't watched it yet and wants to, I don't want to spoil your experience. But yeah, I watched that a couple weeks back. I watched BMF, super random. I have the Stars channel on demand. So that was nice. I got to watch it straight through commercial free. It was VV nice. But yeah, how about we recap and catch up with T, a.k.a. me or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, I just been working really intentionally on this podcast and really trying to see what I want to do with it long term and what kind of conversations I want to continue to have or what kind of conversations I want to explore. And yeah, I've been working on that. I also recently had a photo shoot for an upcoming project that you folks will get to see in the new year. So I'm excited for that. Um, what else? Yeah, planning for like some events in the new year. So I'm kind of in this place of I'm just really grateful. And also it's nice to, I guess, feel like I'm already looking like I'm already filling up next year in ways that I would not have expected 
a couple years back, I wouldn't expect to be doing stuff like this necessarily. But it's just nice to see that my consistency is starting to pay off in like the most fruitful of ways for myself right now. So yeah, that's that's where we is. That's where we at. And now it's time for hmm, what we eat in a what we eat in what we eat in a what we eat in. Okay, so I actually have a white peach Fanta from one of those like snack stores where they import um, snacks from other countries so yeah this is, it says fanta juice peach flavor so i don't even know if it's a oh my gosh so it's in like a metal bottle it's pretty interesting yum this is good um but it's giving like i honestly feel like if you were to have a peach snapple and maybe put like a little bit of cream soda in it that's the taste we're getting. That's what we're getting here, people. <laughs> but it was good. It was tasty. But um, as y'all can see, or as y'all already know, I have another beautiful guest with me this week. So what I'm finna do uh, right here is I'm gonna stitch the conversation as I usually do. Wow, I guess this Fanta just gave me like some type of boost of energy. But anyways... I am so, so excited for y'all to tune into the conversation that I was able to have with Michelle D'Souza. So I will stitch the conversation right here in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Welcome to our next guest. I am so excited to be able to connect with yet another powerful woman that I was able to meet by... I guess we can say the grace of Meta now because Facebook changed their name. But welcome, Michelle D'Souza, to Marissa Says. So hello, hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. Total honor to be on Marissa Says. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you. But how are you today? So let the folks know how you are. How's it feeling? I know for context, people, we are recording this at the beginning of December. So, you know. I am actually feeling really good. Um, November was just an intense month for me, even mm -hmm. though it was my birthday month. Um, I think all that scorpionic energy is just <laughs> a little too much. Um, and I'm just, I'm feeling a little lighter. I kind of feel like I'm moving out of my creative rut a little. Mm -hmm. And I also think the holidays just in general, right? Even though this year... I'm not going to be seeing any family. Um, oh. It just it just has a lighter energy towards December because I also just feel like we could just like collectively breathe a sigh of release, like another year's over mm -hmm. and it's just behind us. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like they're flying behind us pretty quick because part of, I feel exactly like that, but then there's other times where I'm like, I swear we were just... 2019 like we were just at the beginning of 2020 oh I still say ago. next year is 2021 and everybody's just like no it's 2022 I'm like yeah. oh, okay yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> yeah it's and I'm just like oh my goodness like what's next but let the folks know like who you are what your passions are what you do for work for play any favorite snacks all the good stuff <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my name is Michelle D'Souza. I um, am an introverted girl who grew up in Mumbai. I like to call it Bombay, India. Mm -hmm. I moved to the U.S. when I was 18 years old to go to flight school. And I thought, I'm going to go over, get my license real quick, come back to India and uh, work with the airlines. My mom worked um, 
financially with uh, with Air India. And my mm-hmm. grandpa was an aeronautical engineer. So we had a lot of aviation in our family. And I moved here in 2007, went to flight school, um, met my now husband at flight school and just saw a different way of life here mm-hmm. and decided to stay. And 13 some years later, I now live in New York City in Brooklyn and um, I still work in aviation. Um, I don't fly. I work in private aviation operationally. And um, let's see, that's professionally. Personally, (laughs) I am uh, a digital content creator. I started a platform called Same Skin, which is how we connected in 2020. And um, it is a platform where we basically a storytelling platform for women of color and their businesses where we spotlight women from all areas of life and, um, you know, kind of talk about their ups, downs, their duality and, um, make space for things that are just not just their achievements. Mm -hmm. But yes. And it's, it's, um, funny that you, uh, mentioned like a year ago and it literally was a year ago I scrolled back before a conversation to it was see when we it did was. connect in December yeah, yes. yeah and I was like wow a full year and I just remember when you first reached out I was like how did you even like find me? I don't know I'm, I might know I I, 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 <laughs> I, like, I did a scroll a quick scroll through our dms and I'm like okay so where did I find her but I think so In 2020, um, work kind of halted for me and I would just work this like fast paced, chaotic life. And, um, it kind of like jolted to a standstill Mm -hmm. and I decided to take that energy and harness it towards building this platform. Even though I didn't really know where I was taking it then, I just had like a calling that wanted to do it. And so I just reached out, I would like find an account and then kind of like, you know, just be inspired by someone's picture or something someone said. And I think I found you either through something like that, or maybe like, did you ever do Clubhouse last year? No, no. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. Someday it'll come to me and I'll text you. (laughs) Perfect. Sounds good. But what is like same skin now? Cause you just mentioned that you, at first you had started it out with just kind of this like passion and intuition to like do something and create that platform. But I recently noticed that there was some type of like rebranding and it looks like it's just an elevation of what was already amazing, but like so beautiful. It is. No, it really is. Like, I love the colors and I like the fonts. I'm like, this is, yes, this is what the people want. And <laughs> Thank you so much for saying that. And I say that not with uh, not being pompous about it, but I, um, Michelle Winterstein, who did my rebranding, did such a phenomenal job with it. And she really took something I work like technically. Mm-hmm. So for me to express something creatively or emotionally, I don't use the right words because, you know, the world of social media, there's everyone is doing such amazing things and they all kind of like have been in the business of PR or, mm-hmm. you know, marketing and things like that. So they know what all of this stuff should look like and mean. And they, I didn't have, I just had emotion to convey through Michelle and mm-hmm. she just kind of got it. And um, in terms of colors, I am from India. My dad instill this love of color in me he was in the 90s he was wearing like salmon shirts in India and bell-bottom pants (laughs) so um yeah I that's where so I just tried to like keep that tradition on and yeah the whole rebranding has really been 
on brand for me personally. And it kind of excites me to like go to the page now. Mm-hmm. But Same Skin is, like I said earlier, a digital storytelling platform, right? And it kind of, it was born out of my heart, but it came from a space of need because in 2018, I lost my dad and lost my dog. And I went through this whole terrible period of grief. Mm-hmm. And I joke now and I say 2018 was my 2020. Mm. And um, through it, what really helped me was connecting with other women who were courageous, but also vulnerable enough to share their story with me, their grief stories or their grief journeys. Mm-hmm. And I was able to see a small part of myself in each of their stories. And in doing so, they created the space for me to heal. And I thought, wow, it's just sitting on my couch one day, I, I've always wanted to spotlight, you know, fear strong women, because that's just what I gravitate towards. And mm-hmm. I thought, wow, what if I was able to create a space for these women to share their story? So maybe you know, a young girl somewhere or a woman somewhere can see their reflection in these stories Mm -hmm. and know that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And so that's where Same Skin was born. I didn't know. It just started as an Instagram account. And now we have a website. It's called sameskincommunity.com. But um, I, so now what it is growing towards is becoming this hub where we connect women of color and their businesses to the end user um, through the story behind their why. And mm. I think that's really beautiful because when people see why you created something and you can, you, and you can really connect with the person behind the brand, mm-hmm. I think that just, it's just a different kind of, that's a people marketing skill that I apparently didn't learn, but somehow, you know, tapped into. Yeah. Oh, and I, I know folks can't see the conversation, but just you talking about it, you're like, your smile is so big. You're so excited. And it makes me excited about it. Cause again, like even within the last year, I'm like, wow, this is like completely different. And like, even I was like, okay, interactive polls on the stories and like keeping us educated. And it's just like a nice, I don't know. It's a nice page to visit. So I will definitely link it in the uh, description. But one thing um, on your other page, Bombay to Brooklyn, um, one thing that I also gravitated towards and like, I was just like, wow, this was like a match made in like Instagram heaven, I guess. But is your youthful energy and how like you're, you use like humor to educate, but also like challenge folks and just like, you know, like help us kind of, unlearn certain things that we've all been taught and that just kind of encourage us to look a different way. And obviously like that's right up my alley, but like, could you speak to your inner child or what, or how does that come out in your work or just like your day-to-day life? Mm, Yes. Um, (laughs) Reconnecting with my inner child has been uh, our journey, but it's also been where I've found most of my healing. Mm -hmm. I, um, so a lot of my my entire life shifted after my dad passed. My dad and I were extremely close and he lived in India. I lived here, but I was fortunate enough to experience his entire death experience with him. I was fortunate enough to be there. So in doing so, I, you know, Googled the, the right things and went down all these rabbit holes. And one day I asked him when, while he was on his deathbed, what do you have any regrets and um or what else he was a banker 
And I said, dad, what would you have wanted? What else could, would you have wanted to do? And he said, without batting an eyelid, said, I'd be a chef. And I was like, I've never seen this man <laughs> make a meal, but he just said it. And then I thought, wow, for him in the, in the 70s and 80s in India, that was never an option. That was, it's not, you know, being a chef right now is um, kind of like a sought after career, mm-hmm. but it's, it was just not a choice as a man back then. And I thought, wow, this man just like tabled that dream, right? But on his step, it was the first thing that came up. Then when he passed away and we came back home from the funeral, I realized how it was just, it made it very real to me, how all of his stuff was just exactly where it was before we left, right? Mm -hmm. Yet he, there was just like this void, this emptiness. He wasn't around. And it kind of like, it was that moment that I realized that we're, and I know we all know this, we're all going to die. But I realized how, um, what's the, what's the right word? How like actual that was like, mm-hmm. we're all going to die. So what is the point of like putting off something that I want to do today? And to me growing up in India, I was very, um, it was, everything was academics, right? Like you couldn't, there was no, you weren't creative. You weren't a singer. You weren't a dancer, unless you had like this magical, beautiful nightingale voice, mm-hmm. but you had to get straight A's and, you know, you come home from school, you go to like, go to more school and like, just, just books, 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 books. Mm-hmm. So I never really explored anything else. And, um, when I kind of had that realization, I realized, wow, I, I want to do things. I want to pursue things that are just not like career driven and not like, Oh, this is going to get me more money at this age. And because yeah. I just couldn't find my fulfillment and joy there. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, what if I just did something that, and my husband is a big supporter of this, probably because he grew up in America, um, <laughs> to, to just do things for the sake of doing them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's just such a new concept to me. And I was like, okay. So like, I guess I'm just going to, I've always had, um, this yearning to be a photographer, but it, again, you couldn't do it because it wasn't a high paying job. Mm-hmm. So I never, so, but I did have a camera lying around and I thought, okay, I'm just going to start taking pictures. And somehow then I reconnected with my wedding photographer who did some beautiful pictures of my husband and I, again, when she was visiting New York. And then I went down this rabbit hole of, I had one more outfit I needed to shoot. So I found just a random photographer in Brooklyn. And now we're BFFs a year later and she allowed me this creative space to just play and have fun and do things for the sake of doing it. And sometimes I feel silly, mm-hmm. but sometimes I'm like, gives a shit. Yeah. Like it brings me so much joy, the creative process. And it really helps me reconnect with my inner child that never got a chance to explore this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's something that as I like get older and also uh, like for context, my parents are immigrants. So my parents are from the West Indies and I was born and raised here in Canada. So for me, like just hearing what their life was like, and then to know that they all all they had to like go through to immigrate to North America. And also I'm in Quebec. So that's like a whole other like set of obstacles with the French language and just like the different culture and all that. And I'm like, my parents did not come here for me to like be miserable. There's there's no way. So like and especially like my mom is in the advanced stages of uh, dementia. So a lot of like 
like now just like moving deeper or growing more into my womanhood, it's like difficult. Cause like, I want her there, but she, she's not there in the way that I know we both want her to be yet. She's still there in some ways. So it's, it's a tricky space to be in, but a lot of it is like, I know like she would want me to be happy. And like, it's on almost like I find like a way of honoring my parents through like just finding pockets of joy and finding ways to expand them and just like, like reconnect with other folks and build community and just enjoy experiences as they come. Cause you never know when it's going to be your last experience. So like I can, for me, I completely get it obviously from a different perspective, but like right. even my dad, when I ask him, I'm like, dad, like, how do you, like, how are you okay with just like everything we're dealing with? And like, and he's like, well, He's like, it could be a lot worse. He's like, you got to find joy some way, kid. And I'm just like, what do you mean it could be a lot worse? Like, And for me, I'm just like, for him to have gone through what he had gone through and all the obstacles and the different, like we're in Quebec and he does not speak French, but yet he made it. He was able to send me to school. He owns his home and everything is good. So I'm like, there has to be a way as well. But have you ever felt like also not a guilt, but just like when, if you, I think we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, but just that feeling of we're so blessed in a lot of ways that like when we complain or when we're feeling less than, or when we just want to like be like frustrated and like over it and not want to do anything. And it's like, then I feel guilty. Cause it's like, how dare you feel guilty? Cause, because a, your parents like did not immigrate here for you to feel guilty and be so many other people have could have it so much more like worse off than you. So for me, I don't know if guilt is also something that you also navigate when you're trying to live for your inner child, but I don't know if that's an experience you've had. You know, um, for me, guilt was not, I don't want to say different, but my experience with guilt was growing up in India, there's so much poverty Mm -hmm. and you know, there's so many um, like, families on the streets, begging children, things like that. And so every time I had a shitty experience there or I was having a bad day and not negatively, but this was also said at at home a lot, like it could be a lot worse. Right. And I Mm -hmm. saw it firsthand. So what that made me do is not allow myself to process anything negative. Cause I'd just be like, no, shut it down. Like I'm I have a home, I have food, I have family that loves me, things like that. And in doing that, I did have some crazy experiences there that I never fully processed. And I just um, grew up like never acknowledging them. And then in my late, like my late 20s, I realized how a lot of my, a lot of like my perspective and how I responded to people, relationships, things like that stemmed from that, from never addressing that as a child. Mm-hmm. And it all came crashing down through my grief. Like, cause the grief just tore me down so hard. Like it just, like, I, I couldn't, I, there was nothing I can do to like put up a wall. You know, I just Mm -hmm. didn't have it in me. And in doing that though, it really helped me reconnect with my origin story. Mm. And it almost like made me more of myself. Like, I don't like, you know, I've always been myself. I've never tried to be someone else, but moving here, I tried to kind of like assimilate into this culture. And in doing so, I lost a version of myself because I was so young. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so that was my, like guilt for me was 
was not being able to process anything negative because I had it so good. Yeah. So. Relatable. Unfortunately, it's like, it's unfortunate <laughs> that that's relatable, but, but it is true. And we're both kind of, it's, nice to be able to have this exchange because we both have these unique experiences but Mm -hmm. one thing that I know we wanted to address for sure was just the overall like theme or topic of being othered especially as women of color uh in North America at that um but for you when you first moved to uh, North America versus now are there like things that you notice is different versus things that have stayed the same or has have like certain things like forms of being othered has that just transformed into a different way because I know like from my perspective when I was growing up especially in Canada I feel like we were really fed this idea that like racism is not a thing in Canada. Like it's, it's in the States, it's elsewhere, but like, we're just like the quiet Northern neighbors that are polite and always say sorry. So for me, I just remember like growing up thinking like, wow, like at least we're not like down. Cause we always thought race. Well, at least I was taught that racism was like overt racism, for example, mm-hmm. but as I grew older and read more and like thankfully was able to go to school and just keep reading and keep learning for myself, I was just like, Oh, okay. So I had the like wool over my eyes for the first like half of my life. And now I'm able to look and just see how like a lot of folks, yes, we've made some progress in a lot of ways, but a lot of it for me is still like on the performative level when it comes to change. So Mm -hmm. I'm not sure like what your experience were, especially being in the United States where it's like, y'all, y'all are famous for (laughs) the things over there. (laughs) Uh, We just, you know, just the first place every, in every category over here. Yeah. We ate (laughs) Um, so when I moved, I was so young that I didn't know anything about racism because Mm -hmm. in the Indian culture, right there, it exists. Don't get me wrong. It exists amongst Indians who are light skinned and dark skinned in itself. Mm -hmm. But, um, it, that I knew that existed. I just didn't know, you know, being a different color or different coming from a different culture would, would kind of be mocked here and not all the time but the first time I encountered it was at flight school and I just like people would make fun of the Indian accent Mm. or you know and even like right now it's like whatever the stereotype is like Indians are really good at like tech or IT and I obviously missed that gene but um (laughs) stuff like that I would hear a lot but when I first moved I was so ashamed of my culture and now, so I moved here at 18, I am now 33, and I am no longer ashamed of my culture, but it was a long journey because in India, because of colonialism, I would like to think mm-hmm. we are raised to we are raised to feel like we are less than the West. Okay. Like we are not, we are not uh, be- beautiful enough, our features aren't like European. Mm-hmm. We're not light enough. We're not, you know, so living, moving out West is what you aspire to do growing up in India. Mm-hmm. And so when I moved out West, I thought, wow, I, I'm so young. I can just like assimilate and, you know, kind of um, fit in. Yeah. And I did. And I did. 
And I was the first few times when I had like heard like, you know, microaggressions towards like um, accents or food, Ugh, curry. That's my biggest thing. It's like when people are just like, oh, all Indians eat is curry. I will beat you up. Like that is just like, that's my, that's my trigger. Uh, I support. <laughs> I support. Um, so, but it, it was hard for me. So back then, but I would just be like, oh, but I'm not. Indian and like you know so I would just kind of and in doing that I lost my identity I was just lost between two cultures and two countries Mm -hmm. and um then working in private aviation with a bunch of 99% men most of them white and again this has nothing to you know I would hear things at work like oh all you guys eat is curry or you know oh we can't order that food we can't eat Indian and I understand Indian food is so stigmatized like because there's like a trillion spices but um and you know whatever like the smells and the this and that but it also kind of goes no nobody has any stigma related to any Ayurvedic skincare that everybody is you know flaunting these days in every um beauty line and so it's just like it's all of those things that go hand in hand where I think that's where the um what the what's the word you used earlier what you know when you're just performative when it just looks performative to, Mm -hmm. to me right now but um for me those were my few racial encounters but I think now I am so self-actualized in who I am and my Indianness I am so proud of like the person I am today and I'm aware that I would not be half the woman I am today if I was not raised in an Indian culture with you know the like with everything that was instilled in me because of the culture and we have our setbacks like anybody else and you know um but I at 33, I'm proud to be Indian, and it it bumped me out to uh, become an American citizen when, you know, Trump was president. I did it out of necessity mm. uh, because I had to give up my Indian citizenship, and I was pissed off. Um, but, yeah, I think moving here, just because of what we're fed, it, it, everybody that moves here wants to be something else because that's we're told we're never good enough when we're being raised. Mm, yeah, that's true. And it's, it's uh, wild because now, as I don't know if you've seen this, but I know that especially at the beginning of the pandemic, there's a lot of folks uh, and like children uh, of uh, parents who immigrated to North America, like moving back to their home country, or at least like visiting back their, uh, their home country. And like, I was, I was joking with my dad, like, dad, I know you came here from Barbados to give me a better life, but can we critically assess that Canada is not all that and a bag of chips and they lied. Okay. They lied to get us to leave our country so they can take the Island and make it a tourist hotspot. But like (laughs) Barbados is so pretty. I, I was literally thinking that I, so a friend of mine has a cousin who lives there and I visited in 2017 Mm -hmm. or no, maybe 2018. I have never loved an Island and its people more. Thank you. Then there, he and gave I was you literally Rihanna. Thinking, yeah, we, like our work is done. We have um, done our and, due diligence for Chef the world. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, Chef. I, mean. I will eat Chefette every single day, every single day, because it's what 
a fried chicken like snack box or whatever should be. I was so thrilled to find them at the airport. Like it just <sighs> made my day. But I, I've seriously been contemplating owning a home there. I'm like, I just like the other day, two days ago, it's like, I just need to like move to Barbados. What, yeah. what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Cause the, and especially now with this like giant shift to virtual like working, you realize that you can really work from anywhere and like just work according to a time zone as a like time zone and Wi-Fi. That's all you need to like account for. And then you could be good because now like even myself, sometimes I'm like, why didn't I just like go stay with my friend for a few days and just work from there to have like a change of environment. But all that to say, um, yeah, when it comes to work, actually, has yours like shifted um, a lot since the pandemic? I know you were just saying it's a busy time of the time of this yeah. season. It stopped. It kind of came to a halt in 2020 because everybody was so uncertain. Mm-hmm. But the second, um, you know, the, the restrictions were lifted a little. I work in private aviation. So, you know, we people that fly private are like the 1% of the 1%. And as we're all aware, they weren't affected. Mm. So um, that industry has been thriving. And I totally understand because I, I totally get it because I make a living through it. So, mm. you know, but it's just been, it's kind of been crazy to see the polarity between mm-hmm. that and friends of mine who have been unemployed through mm-hmm. COVID. And, um, you know, that to me too, kind of just, opens my eyes to, you know, like the wool over your eyes. And you're just like, wow, like this is really the world that we live in. And yeah. so much of like the stuff that we're fed on through media and through TV is just so um, like, it's, I always, I don't watch the news anymore. And it's because I just feel like we're just fed like robots. We're not allowed to think on our own. And, you know, it's just so much of it is so, what is the word? They like um, try to play on risk. It's just like we're in a risk yeah. society. All these things yeah. to look out for. And oh my God. Yeah. It's like, why can't we like, you're telling me there's no like book drive for local communities that we could talk about or like, you know, like, can we have one, one piece of good news? That's not like the segment of the week or something, but right. it's like, <laughs> here's, here's this, look at this risky situation and this risky situation. And, then, meh, 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 and you're just like, oh Do my you? goodness. Um, you should follow the good news movement on Instagram. Okay. That is a very, um, that is the account that you're talking about right now where they just talk about like what night, what people, humans are doing, the nice things humans are doing for each other. And you're just like, oh, that's sweet. Oh, you know? Nice. Yeah. I was just going to say, we're like, we're almost like, it's like a factory generated, like, you know, news world that we live in every day. And it's just like, I don't know. I would like to unsubscribe. Yeah, same. I keep telling my friends, I'm like, we're in a simulation. Someone has to pull the plug and let me out because there's Mm. no way this is real life. I'm like, there's no way that, I don't know, God, Mother Nature, the universe, whoever folks believe in or don't believe, there's no way that this, we went wrong somewhere. There's somewhere that humans took a left turn and we, like the world is on fire. (laughs) We have variant after variant. There's like, it's inequality when it comes to like access to basic necessities we're killing our oceans and i'm just like this is i think because, we're doing a few things wrong right <laughs> like just, can just we regroup 
<laughs> but it's because the one, the this like very small percentage of the 1% is essentially what controls the entire mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. And they're, they are thriving, my friend. And at, at, you know, the expense of who knows what, and they don't care, that's for sure. And I think that's why it's very important for me when people ask me so many questions about like, why, why same skin? What is your purpose? What is your, it's like, I just want to do, not even do good, but I just want to build community with people who are on my level, who can get me where we can all feel seen and heard because we are little like pawns in this like big game. Mm-hmm. And, and it's in the metaverse. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> every time I like open my Instagram, it bothers me now. Cause instead of like from Facebook, it says from meta and it's like the infinity symbol. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. But it's no, for me, it's, it's wild. And I'm just like, this is, this is not, it's not it. And same thing, like even with like this podcast and just, conversations that I engage with people online it's just to be like hey another human I see you I'm so happy that you exist congratulations on surviving another 24 hours on this booby trap of a world and have a great have a here's some positive energy like I feel like we just need to get back to the basic and for me I know one thing I started doing is I really started limiting my time on Instagram because I feel like I'm just, it's this endless, like, scroll. Like, you can literally just be scrolling. You look up and it's three hours of your life that you just committed to a device that, like, gives you nothing but a migraine if you actually really think of it and keeps you up because of the blue light. So, no, for me, when it comes to to the world and the state of the world right now, I feel like we're also on a tangent, but I digress. The world is messed up and I'm so happy that people like you exist. (laughs) I will say though there is a good part of so- to social media and the online world mm-hmm. and the way you you just have to like you know form that relationship with it but I do use like I will follow you know um affirmation accounts or like um meditation accounts things like that and I will so I'm constantly like interrupt it or like I will follow universal truths and thing- mm-hmm. things that speak to me and so I can filter my content as opposed to, you know, just like be fed some garbage all the time. Mm-hmm. But yes, limiting time on social media is um, something I need to really work on in 2022. Yeah, 20, New Year's resolution. I use the the screen time like setting. Mm. I set like time limits for, for every day. And then that's it smart. Like, reminds me and I'm just like, okay, that's good. That's good. But... I do this part with everyone on my guests, a little homework slash takeaway. Mm. Um, and I do know that you did have some businesses that you might wanted, you might want to highlight or you were wanting to highlight. So did you want to speak to that now or did you want to direct folks to uh, where they can go uh, to see you post about them in the coming weeks? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not going to speak about all of them, but I did start <laughs> a, um, you know, like a mini shop women of color businesses series on my personal account, Bombay to Brooklyn, where I highlight brands that I personally use or have no friends that have used them. So to me, it's very, it's, it's almost like just extending a, Hey, I use this and it's amazing kind of uh, review, like a mm. virtual review. 
but I am going to upload all of them to my website, sameskincommunity.com. And I honestly think if you want to gift mindfully or even, you know, and this could be for someone else or yourself. And if you really want to empower women, right, you have to show up with your money. You Mm -hmm. just have to, because if you are going to talk a big game and say you're all, you stand for all of this, you know, women, whatever, supporting women or, you know, women of color businesses, and you want to empower them, you have to put your money where your mouth is, because unfortunately that's the world we live in. Mm -hmm. And if you cannot, you can amplify their businesses or their, um, you know, their podcasts, their, um, their photography, anything that they're doing online, you can amplify it by sharing it, by sending it to your friends. And um, yeah, I really think that's how we have to show up for each other to mm-hmm. create this new world that we all want to live in yeah. and thrive and, you know, survive in. So yeah, if you go to the website in two days, I should have the whole, like, there's a shop page on there. Uh-huh. And again, you don't have to buy something. You could just forward it to someone, you know, you think may like it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. And I just want to hold some more space in case there's anything else on your mind that you wanted to share with folks or let people know. But if not, then we can wrap up. But it's 100% up to you. The space is yours. I would like to end with saying um, these are a few things that I would like people to take away. Mm-hmm. Um, things that I personally work on and, you know, are takeaways from, from my life. Um, and I wrote, wrote them down so I wouldn't ramble. Oh my God, amazing. <laughs> I And this is just in general. I want people to realize that they do not have to walk their journey of unlearning, conditioning, or self-actualization alone. If you connect to your story, there is a family that is bigger than the family you were born into out there and you will attract them. Your soul, I strongly believe in your soul family mm-hmm. and they exist. And honestly, that's how we met, you mm-hmm. know, and that's where I think the virtual world is very helpful. Mm-hmm. We are more similar than we're different because when you look at our stories or you hear our stories on survival, loss, hope, everything where it doesn't matter where, what continent you're from or the color of your skin there's similarity because we're all one. Mm-hmm. I want women of color to know when they walk into any room, they belong. And I want us to know that it is okay to exist in our duality. We can have these positive, really amazing experiences and emotions and also have shadowy, you know, dark stuff that we're working through. It doesn't make us bad. We don't have to like table it or suppress it. Um, the just existing in both of it is what makes our entire human experience. So, um, that's really it. And also if you feel called to do something that isn't your career path, I think you should 1000% explore it. Even if it's not going to support you financially, you should create like some sort of space for it to have an outlet for, you know, your sanity. 
Oh my God. Thank you so much once again. And I hope you folks enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. So before we wrap up today, y'all know what time it is. It's time for a petty wop on any block. And I'm going to make this real quick because that's what I want movies to be again. Quick. Yo, listen, these movies that are like three hours long, two hours, 45 minutes long, it's great, but it's also a little bit too long in my opinion. Hear me out. Throwback to like 2016, the cheapness in me, I used to love that because I was like, yeah, I'm getting my money's worth because the price of a movie ticket nowadays is already like aggressive. So I'm like, if I'm paying $800 to go see a movie, then yeah, I want it to be three hours long so I can get my money's worth. But nowadays I'm like, y'all really want me to be here for three hours? Because on top of that, like add another like, I don't know, 20 minutes for previews and then you get there early so you can get like your snacks or whatever. That's another 20 minutes. So like you're at the movies for like four hours. That's like half a day's work. That's way too long. So just bring back, you know, the hour and a half, hour 48 minute movies. And I am not against a part two. If it's a good story and I like the actors and it was done well, I will go see the part two in six months, a year later. But goodness gracious, please because the thing is like two hours already I'm like woo, that's a long movie but then you're like two hours and 48 49 two hours 52 minutes tabarnak sinon Chris that's good time for my wrap up and sign off okay <laughs> um yeah, so one more episode for the year, folks. There's going to be a final episode on December 29th, I believe. Let me just get my calendar out to make sure that is the correct date. Yes, final episode of the year is going to be on December 29th. I am very excited for it. And it's super funny for those of you who have been tuning in since, you know, way back when, uh, when I started this year, 2021, I had this year of 21 where I, every month I wanted to try and start a new habit and see if like after the 21 days that it says that people, I guess, say it takes the form of a habit after the 21 days, am I going to be able to have a new habit and just kind of collect like 12 new habits? It got to about halfway through July. And then I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't even start a habit this month. So what am I going to do? And I was like, honestly, this is becoming more work than it is, you know, fun or like healthy, I guess. So I just kind of committed to having a more positive mindset and just being really intentional with what I do for the rest of the year. But year of 21, those 21 day habit starters was not successful. (laughs) And that is a okay. So I will be sharing like my intention with you folks on the December 29th uh, episode. I'll be sharing my intention for the new year with all of you. And I want to try something fun. So we've been building this community on the podcast online and just extending it in real, um, real life connections as well. So I want to know, feel free to DM me your intention for 2022 and I will share it on the podcast anonymously. So don't worry. And we can all just, you know, get some intention ideation flowing. But yeah, I will post about this on my Instagram. So make sure you're following me there. I'll be including those in the description box, both my Instagram and my Twitter. That said, I want to thank you again for tuning in. 
And um, should I should I say goodbye in song? Um, no, bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in, and I can't wait until we get to chat next time. Until then, Alia, don't forget to love off yourself, na. Okay, bye. <laughs> Thank you.